Welcome to The Rachel Quizip Show. In today's episode, I am speaking with an incredible friend and human, Mel Moore. Mel is a multi-passionate business coach and VA agency owner. Her mission is to empower and teach women how to reclaim time and financial freedom so they can work less and thrive more through one-on-one coaching using her CEO embodiment method. She loves lifting women up and giving them strategies, support and confidence to create a big, juicy, joyful life without burnout, where they feel safe to embrace who they are and attract soulmate clients who adore them. Because she believes when we put wealth in the hands of more women, they thrive and we all do better. Today, we're talking about the challenges and benefits of hiring a team and what you need to consider as you begin your hiring journey. I know you're going to get so much from this conversation with Mel, so let's dive in. I'm so excited to speak with you today about how to hire and grow your team as a small business owner because we've had so many DM conversations about this topic and I think it's about time we chatted publicly because, as you know, the business world loves saying, hire a team, but then there's not actually a lot of advice on how to do this. And let's be honest, you and I have been really fortunate to have had management roles. I've led large teams. I've hired, I've fired, I've been an employee myself, but most business owners haven't. And when you haven't had management experience, you kind of go into this really, really unprepared. So I am super excited to hear all of your tips and strategies. But before we dive in, I thought it'd be really lovely for you to share your hiring journey and any like aha moments or challenges that you've had. Well, firstly, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to finally have a chat with you. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh, so many moments. Oh my goodness. So I, because my business is about three and a half years old now. So I've been through everything that you can imagine, like growing, hiring, firing, all sorts. And I think it all started when I started as a virtual assistant before I was an agency owner and a coach. And in that journey, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm fully booked. What do I do now? And it was more of a panic hire to bring my first associate VA in. And I had no clue. I had no mentor in that process. So I did everything you could imagine that was wrong. And so one of one of the biggest things I would say is don't hire your friends who don't have the skill set to support you. Oh, <laughs> good you tip. <laughs> hire them if they've got the skill set and you can have a boundary and expectations, but don't hire your friends that don't have the skill set that you think is someone you can trust that would just get you through the busy patch because it's rocky foundations. And if you're then having them deliver to clients, oof, it can go wrong. And it did. <laughs> I think that was one of the first things. And I think just don't hire in a rush because that's what kind of happened for me. It's one of those things where you, the best thing you can do is prepare way in advance of ever needing somebody and think about how you would bring them into your business, which I did none of. And obviously I, I got burnt and I learned the hard way, but I made me really purposeful about how I hired going forward. <laughs> so, but in the good side of things, the aha moments with the space I got back, the profit I was able to bring in in my business and all my stress levels just went down. Like they were up in a li- for a little while because it's quite a scary thing to do the first time you do do it. But if you can prepare and do it properly, oh, it's a game changer. It really is. 
I love that you shared that you sort of hired in a like, oh crap, I needed someone like yesterday. Cause I think many of us listening, like you're in exactly the same spot, right? Like I know all of my coaching clients are wanting to hire someone because they're burnt out. They're trying to take on more clients and just can't. And it's like, oh, I should have thought about this like six months ago, 12 months ago. And I think for me, it was the opposite where I was very planned, but in hindsight, I think I really needed to think more about the type of support I wanted. And I know we'll get into this in a minute, but I didn't, I didn't need a mini me. I didn't need someone who could just copy and paste it. I really wanted and desired like someone on my level to be sharing ideas and like, Hey, Rach, talk about this, do that. And unfortunately I didn't have that with my team. So I let them go, which we can get into a bit more, which is again, like people don't expect that, but I made a decision and I'm totally happy to be doing everything by myself again. And you know, most of my days were spent managing and I've been a manager. I've been a leader. I know what that feels like. And I was like, hang on, all I am is managing a team. I'm not being the CEO of my business. And again, I was like, there is something that isn't quite aligned for me. And I'm not saying hiring a team is bad, but it just wasn't aligning for me and my business. It wasn't what I signed up for. So what do you wish people thought about before hiring? Oh, And to what you just said as well, and to answer that question, it's the same because it's coming down to like what you think you need versus what you actually need. And I I can't say that this sentence came from me. Someone else said it and it coined it so perfectly, but it was like, do you need an assistant or do you need an expert? Yes, I needed an expert. That is so perfect. I needed that. Where was that? (laughs) It's so true though, because you just think, you know, I think the, the biggest place to start is almost to sort of time track yourself as a business owner to see where you're getting lost in things that you don't need to be doing because that's going to give you the best input and data to decide who it is you need to hire if it's scheduling if it's onboarding like coaching clients then somebody who is a virtual assistant or potentially an OBM can just help you with that but if it's thought work if you need someone to just be like I'm taking the reins. You might need an expert and you need to be prepared to pay for them. But the return is so much bigger because as you say, you've got more of a peer and a kind of a thought brain who's suggesting things for you. You want that other driving force in your business, not you having to make every single decision still because that doesn't serve you because it's not actually saving you time. So it's like assistant or expert, what's the level of work and support that you need, right? And it comes differently to everybody depending on where they are in their business. But I 100% agree with don't hire when you are burnt out because you haven't got the capacity to even think about it, let alone really do it properly at that point. You're just like, give me some help. And then it's like, oh, dear. (laughs) And also you're like, I need to make money or I need to get money back or time back. And I think when you're kind of coming from that need, 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 it's really hard to like forecast and plan ahead. Like I actually put away six months worth of paying someone before (laughs) I hired them being like, there is going to be like a period where things might not go to plan where I'm spending more time doing X or, uh, you know, we're, you know, putting projects off because I want to get the team up to speed. And I thought about all of that things like the processes, the profit margin. And I know you talk about this a lot because again, people aren't thinking about that, that it's like, give me the person and then it's not going well for them or the business. And they're wondering, 
you know, should they have hired anyone in the first place? Yes, but they weren't prepared. Can you speak to things like profit margin, SOPs, and what you teach your clients and community? Yeah, well, I'm massive on having been, I like to call myself a a previous financial fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Having, Having got it so wrong before, I really intentionally came into this business and the creation of this whole thing, really wanting to be intentional about money and profit and getting it right and understanding it. Because I think as women sidebar, you know, one of the things I'm very passionate about is putting wealth, but financial understanding in the hands of more women, because that's when we can really see other women flourish and become true CEOs. So one of the things is you need to think about your profit. And if it's something that you are thinking about in the future, you know, this business, right, is in a just for now it's not this season and I'm one for out the door. I might go get a part-time job and, and not to judge anyone who does that because sometimes we do need to. But if you're considering this business as a lifetime, you need to think about when and where you're going to need to invest money back in it. So as you say, pulling aside a little bit of profit every month to put aside, to think about that future hire, it's just going to set you up so much more smartly but you also need to think about the profit lines. And before everyone falls asleep, it's really simple. Like, let me give you some examples. <laughs> Please. <laughs> so one of the ways, so I have a virtual assistant agency, which means I have a team who serve the clients and the client facing. So I went from being a virtual assistant and, you know, after taxes, securing that as a hundred percent profit for myself. Now, the team gets the majority of that income. So this tax comes off and then the team pay comes off and I'm left with the littlest chunk of the cheese, which is how it's meant to be. But you have to consider that when you think in that crush of needing more clients, but then needing more team to deliver for the clients, you have to think about what you were bringing in, maybe as a virtual assistant for one client came into you in your pocket, you might need to make that up with, two or three new clients because the team is getting the lion's share. So that's kind of one of the ways that you need to think about how the money falls and where it goes in your business. But also if you're looking for a copywriter to sort of support you and things like that in your business or a tech VA to set up your Kajabi, that's different. That kind of doesn't come from anywhere. You almost have to be conscious of putting profit aside to be able to reinvest it in your business, right? That is such a great way to look at it. And I mean, Profit was a contributing factor for my decision to let my team go because they deserve to be paid excellent wages. They were incredible humans doing incredible work. But then, you know, with the time in my business and COVID and other things going on as well, and, you know, changing of my business model in September last year, I had to look and say, hang on, what they're actually doing, like, is that really contributing to that much more income? No, like, Mm. yes, you know, they're saving me some time, but is that sort of income I'm spending on time? Is it really allowing me to go out and do, you know, X, Y, and Z extra and bringing additional revenue? The answer was no at this time as well. And so I did see a lot of my profit margin drop considerably and then it wasn't picked up with extra clients um, at the time. And that's completely fine. Like it doesn't have to be like that. But again, I think a lot of people aren't considering that and then like where did all my money go and like you said rightly so to the incredible humans that are serving you your business and your customers that's how it should be we don't want to be paying them literally peanuts but that can make or break a lot of businesses and I know a lot of people I've spoken to it really has like it's taken them to a point where they're like I don't know if my business is you know financially viable anymore which is like super scary so before we speak to some of maybe 
the benefits. What are the challenges to hiring staff? I know that you've got an incredible approach to hiring based on personality and ability. Would you mind speaking to that? Of course. I think one of the one of the mistakes I made in the beginning, as I said, was hiring in a rush and also ignoring my gut feeling about somebody. So where I've settled into in my complete absolute ethos with hiring is hire 50% personality, 50% ability. Because if you've got someone who's scrappy and determined and hardworking and you gel with them as a human to human and you think they embody your values everything that you want to deliver and they act like they're going to care about your business and they're genuinely excited, that is the game changer. If you get somebody on an interview and you're just not quite sure that their personality fits or their values or their ethics, listen to that spidey sense. And when it's 50% ability, majority of the time you actually have someone who can do all the things, right? But there'll be gaps in people's knowledge. So we're not looking for perfection at all when we hire because everything you don't know in terms of ability can be learned. YouTube, Google, courses, things, the way you do things, you still have to teach those things across to that human as well that you're hiring. But you need it to be that personality and ability. So 50-50 fit for me is always the way. And I actually learned that from one of the businesses that I was in in corporate. They, you get those businesses, like corporates just hire for, for like the, the specific ability and the office culture didn't fit. It was so like combative and un, like not in sync. And so I saw this business I was working in, which I really loved, corporate structured, but they hired on personality in line with their brand values. And these were quirky, creative individuals. And my gosh, the company culture was so good. So it was a lesson I learned from corporate. And I was like, mm-hmm, yes, yeah, that works. <laughs> that makes heaps of sense. And I think as someone who has managed large teams, small teams, like I've been managing people since I was 17 years old, which might be showing my age, um, <laughs> in some capacity, not, I agree. Like if you have a team and you respect each other and there is like a sense of, you know, you can come and share challenges or point things out, like that is so important. And yes, you can learn definitely like with ability, but you can't change people's personality and you shouldn't be trying to change people and get them to fit into a certain mm-hmm. culture. And I think, again, a lot of small business owners, you know, they're hiring a VA and then an OBM and then a podcast editor. And before they know it, they've got a whole bunch of people and there's no real team culture. So they're either trying to like manage them separately or getting them to talk to each other. And all of that is quite kind of confusing and difficult too. Could you speak to maybe some of the challenges or tips you have around when you start hiring multiple people to do multiple things? And that's different than hiring just a VA, say. It's it's different, right? When you have like a team of people that are working together. Yeah, definitely. I think one of the biggest biggest things I think is important is understanding you're going to need to carve time out to support them, right? Because you're bringing these people on board and you want it to work. You want them to feel supported. You want them to be happy working with you. And so there is a level of time that you need to carve out in that onboarding process to build that relationship, to give them the support that they need to do the best job they can do, because they're not mind readers. They don't know your business the way you do. And if you're doing this as a time hack to hire somebody so that you can get your time back, but without investing in that human, it kind of tends to fall apart. So I think one of the learning curves is preparation is key. Like we said, do 
the groundwork, create the SOPs and the Loom videos and standard operating procedure is basically like, how would you, if you're bringing someone in to support you in onboarding clients or group program clients, you want to do, you want them to do what you do. So you have to tell them how you do it. So start doing like the steps to onboard somebody before this person even comes on board and record looms as you're doing it, just as you go along. So you start to build a library of like how you do things, how you like things, how you uh, communicate with your clients, all of these little details. The more you do it kind of just by practice and building up this library, the easier it's going to be for that person to come on board and succeed and for you to be slightly more at ease in the whole process. And how do you manage personally, if you don't mind sharing, like having multiple people like working under you and with you, like juggling personalities or like, do you have like team meetings? Like, I know that's what I used to do. And again, loved the humans working with me, love chatting to them. But then I was like, oh my God, we're having like weekly meetings and afternoon weekly check-ins. And for me, that was like an instant turnoff. I was like, oh my God, my calendar is now just meetings. But I know that that is actually important if you have a team. Oh yeah, that was a learning curve. I think when I had one person, I was like, I was so proud to put team one-to-one in my diary, you know, and it was me and this one associate. <laughs> and then it got to sort of like four or five people because it will ebb and flow depending on my client load. Um, and at like four or five, I was like, oh no, I can't be doing weekly one-to-ones. This is insane. So I was like, right, team meeting, anything urgent, flag it to me on Slack in between. And if you need a 15 minute one-to-one because you don't want to talk about it in a team setting, let me know. But I had to kind of, uh, I don't know if ingratiate is the right word, but navigate these souls who are doing private one-to-ones into team meetings and just bear with the process in the beginning that they might not be comfortable sort of sharing what was going on with their clients and just then create that environment where they did feel safe, but just give them the time to kind of like get used to being in the group team meeting, but it was the same as having a one-to-one. And what happened is they all got to know each other. They all really liked it. We started to have like Friday wins and silly things and we'd celebrate everybody's birthdays. They all, I'm a big gifter, so they got presents and it started to feel a bit more like this kind of family, you know, community culture where everybody was really like, oh, this is really nice. I'm not doing it on my own because a lot of these women were also just working at home on their own individually. So then they got me, but then they got other team members as well. So they would share information depending on what clients' needs were. So it just really began to work and I got some schedule back, which was great. (laughs) Oh, I love that. I mean, that is the part that I miss most about working in like a nine-to-five job or having a team is like having people to like share the challenges with. Like the thing that I hate now is Friday night drinks with friends like, oh my God, this is what's happening, blah, 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 blah. And they look at me and I was like, oh my God, I hate my boss. And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, I have nothing to add. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I don't have that. I don't have that anymore. And I, and I definitely miss that. So what are some other maybe benefits to hiring a team that people don't immediately think of, but has like been a game changer for you? I think the spaciousness, that's kind of one of my big key words for everything I do is to never burn out because we've been there, especially in corporate, especially in starting the business, not knowing any better, never want to go back there ever. So I think the spaciousness that it gives me and being able to lean on other people and learning that I can actually be a leader. And then that kind of is quite empowering in a different way because it, you learn so much as an entrepreneur 
And you probably have that nervousness about hiring and being a manager and being like, who am I to tell people what to do? Why am I the experts? We have that imposter syndrome in all ways. And trust me, it comes up when you hire, but you know what you know. And it kind of ends up giving you more confidence in your own abilities, especially when you're passing something on to someone so they can serve your clients and you're getting that confidence, you're getting that spaciousness and the business can grow and stack sustainably. That's another keyword is to do these things sustainably, right? That's why we don't do things in a rush or a vacuum or a panic, but it's being able to know you can see the growth of your business. It now has that possibility and it's not always just going to be you doing it on your own, slugging it out in an empty vacuum with your own thoughts. Like it's so lovely to have that collaboration, whatever your humans are, whether you've got sort of a tech VA, a Kajabi expert, a copywriter, or it's an agency and you've got team, it's that spaciousness, profit, sustainability and growth that it just really opens up. And it's so lovely. And it's so rewarding, honestly, when, when the people on my team thrive, I'm, I'm like a happy teary mess. Like it just, I'm, I'm a full empath and I love it. (laughs) Yeah. I think that that's something that people don't think about when they're hiring, that it can be really, really rewarding, like coaching or teaching or supporting others, you know, like Sometimes like, yes, cash in the bank is great and clients is great. But I mean, at the end of the day, all of us are here to serve like our community. And I think that's what I know for listeners. That's like what kind of brings us back and gets us like bum in seat every day. It's like serving others. And I think that is a really beautiful thing about having a team that most people just aren't talking about. It's just crunching the numbers and profit and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So a question that I've been asking all guests recently is on throwing out the rule book and growing business their own way. So I would love for you to share how outsourcing and hiring a team has helped you build your own aligned and profitable business. Mm. Well, one of the first, of the first things uh, that made me start the business was it was sort of born out of curiosity and compassion about doing this and bear in mind where I'm speaking to the virtual assistant agency side of things, but it was, it was born from this place of wanting to change the dynamic of the relationship between the CEO and the support that he has. Because when you're in a physical job, there wasn't a choice and you got very much just given and given and given and given work, whether you liked it or not, whether you liked the person or not. And I knew there was a better way to do it where I had a choice who I served and then who I served aligned with my values. But I wanted to improve that relationship because so often I saw these high level um, physical assistants, incredibly smart, but not valued. You know, they're shadowing the CEOs. They're really actually kind of nudging the CEO's life and strategy and everything. And and it's just so undervalued. And I was like, there's got to be a better way to do that. And then this whole world opened up and I was like, oh, you mean I can choose people who align with my values, work on my terms, be who I am, get my curly hair out because, oh, my God, I lived a life of blow dries in corporate and that's not really me. And just get to be a bit more like in my own empowered, aligned self. And I really, really just the journey for myself outside of the business has been huge. Like it's just been this process of acceptance of myself and just stepping into who I am, how I do things and really living my values. And it's allowed me to do that and flourish. So like there's a way to do it differently. And I just am so grateful I started doing it. Well, thank you so much for sharing. I can definitely resonate that. And I love how 
you like talked about the relationship between the work that you do and, you know, the clients you support, the customers, the leaders, because you are helping and nudging and supporting and holding like all of the things so that incredible humans can do more incredible things. And I think often, particularly in corporate and I think in the small business space, maybe a little bit more recently, I feel like these leaders and business owners are put up on a pedestal and then everyone forgets about the support and the team behind them. And I think it's so important for us to remember that we really can't do this alone. You know, whether I have a team or not, I still have like you and other incredible humans that are always hitting up in the DMs being like, help, or I have wild idea. Do we think that that is possible? Do you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm not just here by myself sitting on my laptop expecting to move mountains. Like there are so many other support systems and things. So I love that you brought that up because again, I feel like sometimes we can not purposely, but we can forget that, hang on, we're only as good as the people surrounding us, supporting us as our team. We can't do everything by ourselves. So if you, if a business owner wanted to kind of make their first hire or their next hire, what are three simple things that they can do today? This is going to apply whether you are a business owner with an agency and team in that way, or whether you are um, a coach yourself or sort of a service-driven um, entrepreneur. These things will all apply. Um, and the first thing is set up those SOPs and looms, and maybe even create a manifesto so you can really describe your values and your, you know, your business culture and desires. Um, and then be really clear about your expectations their expectations and hold them to the standards and those expectations, right? Because you get to say, this is what we agreed on. It's been delivered or it hasn't been delivered. So don't be afraid to step into that expectation setting in the beginning and holding them to those standards and expectations. And then I think three, carve out the time for that onboarding and nurturing and supporting that new person, that new relationship, so they can truly do their best work for you. And fourth, don't hire in a rush. (laughs) Yes. And something that I will also add to kind of to have on the side to get prepared, this is the marketing coach and copywriter in me, but even things like your tone of voice, your key messages, your branding, like visual and also, you know, words, because I'm going to admit this, I hired um, one of my past university students. He's incredible. Came on as like a junior copywriter for me. And he's like, and he knows me really well. And he's just like, hey, Rach, like, where is like your tone of voice? I was like, uh, it's like, should I use this one? This one? I was like, uh, I was like, oh yeah, because I still write all of my own copy, right? You know, I'm like 11 years in, still me. And I was like, oh yeah, like I hadn't prepared that. And I was like, this is like okay. a rookie mistake. So obviously I whipped it up. Thankfully he knows me, it's pretty easy. And I would go through everything. But again, I think a lot of us, you know, if we're getting someone to, create Canva templates, you know, are they using what font for header one, header two? Again, I've been working on this with some of my other clients, you know, are we using these words, not these words? Cause that can make a huge difference. And it can mean that someone's coming across your content and being like, hang on, this doesn't sound like Rachel. This doesn't sound like Mel, like what? And it's just these little things. So obviously everything behind the scenes, but also on the front end, I would suggest that you have these things, you know, you set up your brand assets in Canva. It's easy. It takes five minutes. You should be doing it for yourself anyway, but make sure yeah. they're all, I haven't, um, make sure that you've got all of that uh, 
set up like all of that kind of stuff because that will really help people too if they're writing emails if you know what's your sign off like ask the client there what do you sign off your newsletter and she's like I don't know. Just people make up a sign of every time. I was like, no, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff again can have a huge impact if every client who's being onboarded is getting different information, mm-hmm. sign offs, different words. Um, that kind of stuff would highly yeah. recommend and that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I'm guilty. I haven't done it, but it's a nice reminder for myself as well. So, if you wanted listeners to take away one thing about hiring and building a team what would it be? It's one of the best things you can do to grow your business. And sure, it might feel a bit stretchy and scary, but prepare, support and do it. And if in doubt, start small, you know, begin with somebody like my coaching clients. We start with potentially just a copywriter to help them ease their load and then see how they feel about managing that responsibility. And then we can grow. So all these solo entrepreneurs can also grow their businesses to more than just existing as a solo entrepreneur so but definitely prepare but do it definitely do do it (laughs) yeah like there's going to come to a point when you you truly can't do everything all at once or to the standard or where you reach you know the boundaries of your expertise and there is so much value and like we said bringing in like incredible humans with expertise and different resources that um can support you because your favorite business owners trust me have teams or support behind them they're not doing it completely solo i still have people that i hire for different things podcast editor everything um, and there are different ways to hire a team so thank you so much for coming on to the rachel kujip show and sharing your story insights and wisdom i know listeners are going to take away so much from what you've shared here today thank you so much for having me it's been an absolute pleasure